This is Courage Cast. Faith, inspiration, and motivation for today. Well, hey, everybody. I'm Eric, and this is Courage Cast. We have a bonus segment here. I originally wanted to do two segments, but Jeremy talks a lot. And uh, no, it's, I asked a lot of questions and took a lot of rabbit trails. I'm just kidding. Um, we are talking today, continuing our discussion uh, about um, weight loss, uh, the psychology of it, the, the mentality of it, the spiritual elements around it, um, why it's tough to keep the weight off. Um, what this, what's going on in the battle. And if you haven't listened to the first two episodes, go back and listen to those because Jeremy shares his story, uh, from losing all of his weight as a kid to gaining it all back and then losing it again and two different approaches. And, uh, I think it's phenomenal. I love it. Have you ever read Rich Dad, Poor Dad? I've not, no. Okay. Well, this kind of reminds me of the Rich Dad, Poor Dad story because, um, Robert Kiyosaki had a very, uh, his real father was an educational nut. He was a professor and he believed in education, but he was poor financially. His, his, uh, adopted, not adopted, but the, the person that he would consider his, uh, the father that taught him a different way is, uh, was very wealthy financially. And he had two different approaches and he talks about the difference in those. And that's kind of, in some ways, it reminds me of your story because you, you had one was based on the gospel according to you, selfishness, uh, selfishly speaking, uh, you know, you had your approach that was selfish motiv- selfishly motivated, I guess, a little bit to me. And then the second approach was an act of worship uh, to me. So I, I thought that was, I thought that was pretty intriguing. Anyway, Jeremy, let me ask you a question now. Yeah. Now that you're here after 12 years or 13 years of keeping the weight off, yep. you're 35 years old. Um, what are you doing now? Uh, and, uh, yeah. So what are you doing now? Yeah. In, in fairness, uh, yeah, I do talk a lot. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's, uh, that's on me and that's, that's Walk one of the, around a little bit more. Sounds good. That's one of the things whenever, people bring me in to speak I always make sure whoever's orchestrating the event gives time for question and answers so it's like they're like marathon events like you bring in a speaker you're like oh 45 minutes you're like oh man Jeremy you get the bang for the buck he's there for like an hour and a half answering questions but you know that is a great question so what am I doing now you know there is I have two kids and so it, it has evolved because I feel I feel like you never feel like you have enough time. Mm-hmm. Like when you're a high school student, you're like, oh, I got so much to do. I don't have any time. Mm-hmm. And then you get to college and you're like, oh, gosh, I wish I had the time I had in high school. I got no time now. Mm-hmm. And then you graduate college and you get a job. And you're like, ah, oh, I wish I, had, I, I have no time now. <laughs> and then like you have one kid and you're like, I've got no time. And then you have two kids and you're like, oh, I wish I had one kid because that time was great. And then you're just like, I just, you are, I feel you're always at a point where you never have enough time. Mm-hmm. And so for me, what I like to do is I always, once again, going through the, the vein of what's possible, I try to condense as much as possible and get the most out of my day. Coming full circle to actually answering the question, I, I'm a huge fan of running. Mm-hmm. Uh, it started out as walking, which was the walk-jog hybrid, kind of like the Turduncan of the cardio circuit. <laughs> 
And so what I do quite often is I, I merge my prayer time with my running time because it's that rare time of the day where you just, at least for me, I don't have the phone, I don't have distractions, it's just me normally in a very secluded place, running, commuting with God, and it's, it's bliss. And it's really hard for me to skip a day of running because of how much I enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Because it's as much of the physical benefit as it is the spiritual benefit. Right. I've also started doing... And I've had debates with people about this recently. I've started doing what would probably be quantified as yoga, might be Pilates. It's basically dynamic stretching. Mm -hmm. And the reason I've been having debates is a lot of people I talk to in, in the church feel that yoga is of the devil. And I feel... Like, the type of yoga that Americans are doing is kind of like... If you ever have friends from Texas mm-hmm. who have Mexican food, mm-hmm. and then they leave Texas, yep. and they're like, this is not Mexican food at all. Right. It's kind of like that way with yoga. Like, this is what we call yoga, but this is not yoga. Right, right. And so I've been doing that because one of the fallouts from being overweight so long was I have a bad back. Mm-hmm. I'm actually threw my back out because I had avoided stretching for so long. Mm-hmm. I've just got a very, very compressed L5 area. Mm-hmm. And so I would, it was uncomfortable, but I threw my back out punching a balloon. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> that's the ultimate, yeah, I mean, there's, the ultimate masculine, emasculating thing that could possibly happen. To there's you. no greater welcome to being 35 moment than being taken out by an ounce of air. Yeah. <laughs> and so I knew I just, I could avoid stretching no longer. So what I do is on a good week, I'll run four to six miles a day. And I say four to six miles knowing that I've been running for 15 years. I would would not recommend someone who's like, you know what? I've never ran a day in my life. I should do four to six miles like Jeremy. Like, I'd I'd say that's a bad idea. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you are interested in running, totally got some resources we can send your way. If you go to jeremyrochford.com, shoot me a message. Uh, I got some other stuff coming up here. In the next couple of months, we'll be releasing, going to be releasing a a book around how I lost my first 100 pounds. Mm Mm-hmm. Because a lot of people want to know, how did I do it? And how can I do it? Mm-hmm. And so this is sort of my guide to them. It just it literally takes you through the same theories and the same, same practicalities, mm-hmm. my entire nutrition list. So mm. part of that, part of how I lost my first 100 pounds was actually, it started out by just walking. Mm-hmm. Because when I first started, it was like, I know literally nothing to do. Mm-hmm. But I knew how to walk. Mm-hmm. And I was so determined to do something that I started walking, and then walking became easier, mm-hmm. and started doing the walking, which was the walk-run hybrid, mm-hmm. which, which is quantified as interval training now. Mm-hmm. And then once I got good at that, I started doing running. Mm-hmm. And actually, like that's ju- just doing that mm-hmm. for 30 minutes to 60 minutes a day mm-hmm. is how I lost my first 100 pounds. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So when people are like, ah, oh, I, I can't join a gym, I'm like, I'm not asking you to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm asking you to have a pair of shoes. Oh, look, you've got them. Good, mm-hmm. you've got everything you need. <laughs> and so my daily routine, if it's not running or jogging, it's doing yoga. Ideally, a combination of both. I've got a band set. I'm a huge fan of resistance training. And the nice thing about bands, uh, the elastic bands, is they emulate quite often free weight work. Mm -hmm. So I like the gym because it has... (laughs) I look at the gym like I look at a a salad bar. Mm -hmm. Like, I I love salad bars because Mm -hmm. salad bars 
have options that I would never have at my home sure. ready to go. Sure. Like, where else can you find, like, here's some quinoa and here's some mushroom. Like, it's just, it's ready. Right. I look at the gym the same way. Like, you have every single thing I could ever want to do. Right. But the reality is, is sometimes you just can't get to the gym. Right. Which is fine. You know, whether, and sometimes you just don't want to. So I love the resistance bands mm-hmm. because about 80% of what you can do with three weights, you can do with resistance bands. Right. The biomechanics are exactly the same. Mm-hmm. So I like to do resistance training about three times a day. No, no, no. three times, three times a, week. a week. Sorry about that. Three times a day. Wow. So, so if you're you're running or walking five or six times a week, yeah. And uh, then we'll say five because uh, weekends tend to be kids' time. Right. And I, what's great about having two, a two and a five year old is they, if you let them run, they will give you enough activity just running after them. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So that's bonus exercise you get on the weekends. Yep. Sometimes. So uh, <clears throat> you've got five days a week, you're, you're walking or running, and then you're adding on resistance bands or gym uh, three times a week. Yeah, so if we break it down, like a normal day would be wake up, do about 15 minutes of yoga or dynamic stretching. Mm-hmm. Try to get that knocked out before the kids wake up. If they wake up, then maybe they'll read a little bit or do some Daniel Tiger while I'm doing it with them mm-hmm. or next to them. Then the day starts. You tend to get an hour lunch break. Mm -hmm. That's when I try to do my running. Mm -hmm. That way I'm not having to pick and choose. Mm -hmm. And then when the day is done, uh, I'm I'm a night owl. Like uh, there's there's uh, a friend of mine named uh, named John Acuff had this thing called the 5 a.m. club where he would get up at 5 a.m. because there was nothing going on. And I'm just not a morning person. Right. And so in my mind. I want to start the second wind club. Right. Because it seems like at 9 p.m. I'm awake again. Right. So at 9 p.m. I'll go and I'll go, and go to the basement, which is where I've got my uh, my bands all set up, and mm-hmm. I'll, I'll do some resistance strength for like a half hour mm-hmm. every other day. Mm-hmm. So that's what kind of like a normal day to week looks like. And then on the weekend, oh, it's all over the map. Now, you can do all of that in one setting. Like you could get up at 5 a.m. You could do oh, yoga. Absolutely. You could go run for 30 to 45 minutes. Right? Oh, absolutely. And then do your resistance band. And the way it breaks down for me is I break it down like that because, you know, my employment and what I'm doing, I don't have, like, that two-hour chunk. Right. If you have the two-hour chunk or the hour-and-a-half chunk, man, knock it out and be done with it. Mm -hmm. I feel like this approach, and and there have been times, I mean, like, when I used to do music, like, there would be times where I had an entire day. So, yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah, we'll do it then. Mm -hmm. I do it this way now for a few reasons. One... It's what my schedule most allows me to. Mm-hmm. Two, it keeps me in that what is possible, not I can't mentality. Right. And three, it kind of allows me to dabble in cross training. Mm-hmm. That way my body's confused just enough to always be doing something different. Right, right. So I'm always making it work. Right. Okay, so that's your, your exercise. Yep. A lot of people say uh, it's about 80% what you eat. Mm-hmm. And 20% your exercises. Would you agree? I would agree. I, I would say if uh, it depends how much you want to quantify psychology in there, but if we're just contrasting the entire pie chart of food versus activity, mm-hmm. yeah, I say an overwhelming of it is your nutrition. The, uh, but, the, be, but the behavior of working out, motiv- for, for, me, for me, motivates me to live, to eat right. Oh, absolutely. And I look at it like this you know, let's say you want to lose weight right now, and we're looking at like a getting out of debt analogy. You can cut up your credit card, and that stops incurring debt. Mm-hmm. But if you're overweight, you still have to pay off that back debt. Right. And exercise is a really good way mm-hmm. to start paying off that back debt. Mm-hmm. Whereas eating clean, eating nutritiously, eating for what your body needs, not 
often what your body wants mm-hmm. is a way to ensure that you stop going in debt. Right. But you've still got to work off the back debt. Got it. Uh, so yeah, you're 100% right. And I think to expand on that statement, yeah, eating is a huge part of it because the, what's the old thing? Like you, you can't out-exercise a bad diet. Right, right. <laughs> and so if that's a good segue into what do I eat, we can explore that. And so what a normal, you know, for me, gosh, I just I love fruits and vegetables. It, I really do. I love meat too, but it's, this is the weirdest way to describe it, and if you have an active relationship with Jesus, I think it's the best way to describe it. Like, if you can, if you can try to think of yourself pre-Jesus, and how you felt, and then post-Jesus, how you feel, you're like, huh, I wish I knew, like, I wish, th- if I knew this was what sanctification was about, I'd have lo- tried to find Jesus a whole lot easier. Like, I would have tried to walk down that path and find righteousness. It's the same way with me in fruits and vegetables. Like, when you're giving your body what it actually needs mm-hmm. in terms of nutrition, it's a lot easier to look at cake and be like, but you're, 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 why? You're the <laughs> like, devil. You're, you're the you're, devil. Well, you're, you're, you're not going to do anything for me. Right. It's, you know, it's, it's like the closer you get in your walk with God, the, the more you look at sin like... Or, or at least your old patterns and be like, but you don't edify me anymore. Right. Like, you, you, you why? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's hard to explain when you don't have that. Right. And so for me, it's a lot of fruits and vegetables. And I understand, like, even like a, in talking in the first segment, I've got a, a friend I'm working with who's a client, and she just, she can't get past the texture of fruits and vegetables. She mm. just can't. But I just know that if she gives it, like, two to three weeks, and if she can just live in that space of actually being satisfied, actually being nourished from the nutrients, rather than eating Pop-Tarts, like, I know she'll never want to have a Pop-Tart again. Right. But she's never had that, Mm -hmm. so she can't fathom what it looks like on this side. Right. So for me, it's a lot of fruits and vegetables. Uh, If I'm running late, you know, I've got some, I'll do some juicing, Mm -hmm. just because it's super simple, at least for me. And then, I... I hate to use the word clean eating. Let's break it down for people who don't know what clean eating may be. I think the easiest way to find clean eating is the most nutrient-dense food you can eat. So, like, if you're looking at meat, you would want the least amount of fat. You would want the least amount of impurities in it. Mm -hmm. So, like, lean chicken, lean turkey, uh, venison, things like that. Uh, Same thing with fruits and vegetables. You know, if you're going to do high-carb-based fruits... Do them at a time where it makes sense, where you're going to burn it off in exercise or X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And always kind of being looking at the lens of, you know, how can this food benefit me? So for me, coming full circle, it's a lot of fruits and vegetables, some lean meats in there for dinner. But I just, I love the way I feel when I have nutritious foods. And it's... <laughs> I noticed that the, when you do uh, eat, uh, when you do eat sugary things, um, you put them in a Dixie cup. Oh yes, because yes. you're on Instagram, and you're every once in a while I see you in a Dixie cup, and I'm Dude, like, I love what is the, the Dixie cup. I and love it. the Dixie cup. So I ne- so here's the thing about the Dixie cup. If I want to have a dessert, if I feel like it's like oh, great, 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 great segue into you know, it was my kid's birthday a few uh, weeks ago, and so there's always cake involved, mm-hmm. and so I don't want to be the guy who doesn't have cake put it in a Dixie cup, you get enough of the... <laughs> Do you, want, you want to be the guy that puts it in a Dixie cup. <laughs> well, well, here's a fun fact. If you do it right, 
an Oreo cookie because my son's allergic <laughs> to egg and dairy, right? But because there's so much synthetic, there's so much syntheticness in an Oreo, he can eat it. <laughs> it's not really so, dairy, <laughs> exactly. So the cream in the Oreo, he can totally have because there's no eggs or dairy in it. That's funny. So what we did for him was we did these two Oreos uh, with a dab of uh, not buttercream, sugar cream. I don't know. My wife makes it, but it just homemade icing on top of it. Mm-hmm. One of those fits conveniently. In a Dixie Dixie cup. Now, if you don't have a Dixie cup, you know what a Dixie cup size is, Yes, it's it's about like two and a half to three ounces, Mm -hmm. which I think is more difficult. Yeah. But I feel like Dixie cups are so easy, especially because most snacking occurs at home. Right. You know, so if you want to have, like, I love trail mix. I do. We're going to sit on the porch here and talk. And so what I'll do is I'll just, boom, get that Dixie cup. So the trail mix, trail, mix? Is not, trail mix is not necessarily on your plan of clean eating, but no. if you do want to eat it, you're... Exactly, because here's the thing, like the, it's like anything else, you know, you hate to go through the whole in moderation scenario, but I never neglect myself, and if I want something, I'm always open to the idea of having it, mm-hmm. but I always look it through the lens of why am I having it, Right. you know? If it's because I'm being lazy and it's super easy to grab chips, then I go... But it's just as easy to grab a bag of carrots. And right. I have carrots. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so things like that. If I need like a sweet, salty scenario, mm-hmm. you know, trail mix is great because mm-hmm. I've got nuts, I've got some cranberries in there, I've got some raisins in there. Right. You know, every now and then an M&M slips in and you're like, ooh, it's like a gold nugget. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's this scenario of, you know, never feeling neglected, but also knowing that... And I hate to bring desserts and snack food onto the the podium but in the grand scheme of nutrition they're so useless Mm -hmm. and when you understand that it's hard to crave them you know it's kind of like once again going back to the financial scenario do you want to eat in a way that puts you your body in debt or do you want to eat in a way that takes you out of debt right right yeah and but yeah i I think the dixie cup's a great place for people who are actually anyone because you know it's it's one of those scenarios where I don't want to say the struggle ever ends, but it gets so much easier mm-hmm. the stronger you get. And I think for anyone who struggles with it and feels like they're going to neglect themselves, the, the little Dixie cups are a great place to start mm-hmm. because you're still getting everything you want. You're just getting it in a portion that says, we're not going to overdo it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, one of the things I love about Dave Ramsey is um, uh, there was a season where I was at my rock bottom financially. And I had finally said, I had enough, I'm done, and I'm definitely following the baby steps. And um, 2008, and I, all I did every day was listen, I, I had a mundane part-time job that I was doing because I was trying to pay off debt, you know, while I was still doing my full-time job. And uh the thing that got me through was to listen to Dave Ramsey while I was doing my part-time job because I was doing it to get out of debt. So I'm like listening to the motivation of hearing his voice every day, you know, was very important to me, you know, uh, in my process. And I think it's what motivates me to do the courage cast on a daily basis because we need daily to be aware of our need for God uh, in everything that we do. You know, and the same goes for, uh, you know, for for weight loss, uh, for our health and wellness. Um, And and I think that's what I what I love about your approach is um, you're providing opportunities for people to constantly um, live a lifestyle of worship 
uh, through your health and through your wellness. Tell me, Jeremy, what are you doing now? You're, uh, you, you say you have a client. So are you, um, are you helping? How are you helping people? How, no, do you, how do you have clients? That's a great question. So I started the Nashville Wellness Academy. You started it? I started it. Okay. And the Nashville Wellness Academy started out of ultimately weight loss mentorships. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I felt like you know, when you look at the model of discipleship, one of the greatest ways that the disciples got to know Jesus was they walked with him. You know, it wasn't just words on a page. It was like, here's Jesus doing this. Mm-hmm. And I feel like for people learn differently. And so when they can see how my weight loss process played out through written page, through talking, through conversation, through accountability, I, I found that people had great success. And so I wanted to kind of Model that. Model that and make it available for everyone. So start the Nashville Wellness Academy, and it's twofold. One, we've got our, our, our mobile-based clientele, and we've got our localized clientele. And so what our, our mobilized clientele, it's all done remotely. I've got clients all over the country. And what it's really based around on is strategy, emotional support, and accountability. Mm-hmm. So what we'll do is we'll have biweekly weigh-ins, uh, normally on Tuesdays and Fridays, because the weekend seems to be a great saboteur for people mm-hmm, who are mm-hmm. trying to lose weight. Right. And I feel like if you can break the week up into little three-day increments, then you have you don't feel overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like if you weigh yourself once a week, you could have a really good day that day, and then all of a sudden it could just go sideways. But I feel like when you weigh yourself on Friday, you have a good assessment of how the week has gone. And most people, if they've lost weight, they don't want to blow it over the weekend. Mm-hmm. So it keeps them more on point. However... If they had a tough week, they know they've got the weekend to make it up. Mm-hmm. Also, from that, you know, a whole lot of strategy. You know, I'm, you know, Halloween just happened, mm-hmm. so a lot of people are like, "How do I stay on point whenever I've got my my kids' candy?" And it's like, be fully stocked with Altoids. Mm-hmm. You know, for for me, and especially with Christmas and the holidays coming up, Altoids and cough drops are game changers. For really, two, for me, yeah, for two reasons. One. Think if you've ever had an Altoid or a cough drop, that's not an easy palate transition to chocolate or something like a goodie. Mm-hmm. Like you're like, uh, it's like drinking water after you have peppermint. You're like, yeah. oh, it's the worst thing ever. Mm-hmm. So you're basically doing two things. One, actually doing many things. One, you're keeping your mouth busy. Mm-hmm. Quite often people eat at parties because they don't know what else to do. Mm-hmm. It's like when people get on stage. It's, it's like if you've ever watched Anchorman and Ron Bernie's like, I don't know what to do with my hands. What do I, I do with it? <laughs> it, it? Quite often it's the same thing. We find ourselves eating out of boredom or mm-hmm. out of habit. But whenever you put something in your mouth that's tasty, like a cough drop or an Altoid, all of a sudden there's that, that instant second where you have to go like, well, wait a minute, I have to either spit this out or chew it or do something, and then the moment has passed. Mm-hmm. Two... You're social. Mm-hmm. You, you get, you're, you're, you're helping have good breath. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and three, you're, uh, you, you're, just, you're, you're putting an extra step between you and a potential habit. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's, it's just little tips like that along the way, um, that one-on-one accountability, um, some nutrition planning, some exercise planning, keeping people accountable. So that's the mobile scenario. Uh, the in-person scenario gets you all that plus personal training if you're in the Nashville area. Mm-hmm. You know, we've got a studio down in the Gulch, and it's it's really it's all based on clientele. You know, we we've I've worked with a uh, a guy who wanted to be a military chaplain. Um, he didn't necessarily lo- need to lose weight, but he had to run two miles in under 18 minutes. Mm-hmm. So his training was weight loss is secondary, but how can we get the running down? Mm-hmm. I also had a client who. 
she wanted to get pregnant. Um, her and her husband wanted to start having a family, but she was at high risk. She was pre-diabetic, and she knew that if she continued on her patterns, not only would conception be more difficult, but carrying the baby and then the postpartum thing would be. So hers was predominantly weight loss, but also some strengthening on, on the back. So when, when she got pregnant, her back would be a little bit stronger. And so just stuff like that. So we've got the National Wellness Academy, and then we've also got the Prodigal Waistline Workshops, which is basically a two- to four-hour event. Um, really, it's my entire life story. Mm. I don't know my entire life story, but, I mean, as you can see, there's there's a lot to it. Right. I, blogging is fun, but you can't solve problems in four to 600 characters. Right, right. And so, you know, the Prodigal Waistline Workshop, you know, either churches or universities will bring me in, and we'll all, it's broken up into three parts. You know, how, how did we get here? How can we get, how did I get here? What did I do to get out of this scenario? And then how does this relate to you? And quite often we, people leave with a very good six-week program. They could just start themselves. Mm-hmm. And uh, always love the question and answer session after those. So so really it breaks down to what I'm doing now is we've got the National Wellness Academy, which is the, you know, the, the personal let's lose weight together. And then we've got the Prodigal Waistline Workshop, which is if you've got an event or if you're like a men's group or a woman's group or just the church body in general, mm-hmm. if they want to know what, what a Christ-like way to lose weight and gain health mm-hmm. would be like, you know, those are available for as small as, you know, five people to mm-hmm. 5,000. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's very scalable. Very scalable. Very scalable. And then the mobile version is just getting on the phone with you? Yeah, it's getting on the phone. It's getting on text. Uh, you know, it's, it's all about one of the things that I'm a... As we've talked about in the earlier ones, I'm a big fan of metrics and numbers, mm-hmm. but I'm also a big fan of. I call it. I call. I break it down like this. You know, I, I break down the metrics versus faith into giving Caesars what Caesars and giving God what God's. Mm. You know, you've got to give science what is science, which means the scale is important, the calories are important, the X, Y, and Zs are important. How you feel about the scale, that's where you got to bring God in. Mm-hmm. Because I know tons of people who look on the scale or who will just avoid the scale because they're afraid of what we'll say. Mm. Because they've given the scale so much authority in their life. Mm. But the reality is the scale is just a quantification of gravity. Right. It does, it, it does serve a purpose. But we've got to keep that purpose in place. Right. And so for the mobile scenario, what, what my clients will do is they'll just step on the scale. Like I said, Tuesdays and Fridays tend to be the most popular day. They step on the scale shoot me a text of that photo and mm-hmm. then we talk about it mm-hmm. we, we've got uh, every week we've got a 15 to 30 minute call mm-hmm. we talk about the successes the week that was we talk about the week that's going to be mm-hmm. and basically I'm just walking with you through your entire weight loss journey mm-hmm. and you can find out about all this stuff at Jeremy Rochford Rochford Jeremy Rochford.com also uh, NashvilleWellnessAcademy.com okay NashvilleWellnessAcademy.com okay. and all the information's there okay very cool Price, also, prices and prices everything and if you google me you can also find my TED talk your TED talk. I did a TED talk. What? About it. Yes. What? That, that's like a that's like a bucket list for me. It uh, yeah. It's it, the, the title was called "Laughing My Pants Off," and uh, <laughs> I'm laughing. <laughs> well, so it, it's uh, spoiler alert, but you can see the whole thing. I'll post it in the Courageous Community. Okay, awesome. Please do. Mm-hmm. So for me, I think one of the biggest challenges that people face when they seek to lose weight is they get so focused on the weight, mm-hmm. and it's like, oh my gosh, I am so large, I need to lose weight. But that's all they focus on. Mm-hmm. So when they lose the weight and they never take a moment to stop and say, like, what actually got me here? Yeah. Then they gain the weight back because all they've done is focus on the weight. And when you understand, when you focus on weight, you're never going to really lose it because that's all you're doing. It's not until you can take a moment and say, all right, you know, what got me here? Was it 
bad time management? Is it I don't know how to use my finances appropriately? Is I just don't have an education of what calories are? Until you take the moment to stop and say, you know what? The weight is not the problem. The weight is the symptom. There's something else going on. Right. Let's be open. Let's be honest and have that conversation. And for me to have that conversation, I need to do it with a sense of humor. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like when you start digging into the deepest trenches of why you are who you are, mm-hmm. there's a lot of fear, there's a lot of anxiety, there's a lot of guilt, there's a lot of shame. But much like if you've ever seen the, the movie The Water Boy, mm-hmm. the way the coach overcame the other coach was he saw him as a baby. And he started laughing at him. So every time he saw that growl over on the sideline, he didn't see a big bear. He saw a little baby. He's like, you're just a baby. <laughs> Which gave him the freedom and the power to, to coach. Mm-hmm. And I feel like if you could, like, I, I make fun of my man boobs all the time, especially because there's a treadmill story in the book that you can read about. But you know what? <laughs> the reality is this. Everyone's worried about how they look, and there's so much freedom in that because more people are worried about them than they're worried about you. Yeah. If you can just laugh at the things that make you you, I, I, I like to find perf- I like to find perfection in the imperfections. Mm-hmm. You know, I love stretch marks. I love that I had man boobs at some point. I love that I can laugh about it mm-hmm. because what happens is when you laugh at things, and this kind of comes back to the whole thing, when you have the freedom to laugh at yourself, you have the freedom to be in control, mm. and when you can control that mentality. Yeah. What else can you control? Yeah. You don't need to worry about controlling anything else. You don't. You yeah. really don't. You don't need to worry about what people think of you. You don't need to worry about any of that. Uh, the, the the freedom, the therapy, and laughing, um, choosing to laugh sometimes yeah. uh, is is important. Well, and that's how this started. You know, I we I think one of the, the reasons we, we chose to walk for a majority of this was you know, I pinched a nerve and I hadn't been able to really be mobile for a couple of weeks because... Uh, my daughter jumped me during a tickle fest. Yeah, sure. And like, like I'm sure for a lot of people, they'd be like, that, 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 "That's your man card. You just, you just gave away your man mm-hmm. card." No, like, tickle I, fest is, is like, hugely important. Dude, I was the tickle monster. I was the tickle king in my home. Dude, you, okay. So I played college hockey, mm-hmm. and our goaltender. First off, if you're out there and you have a secret that will be exploited, mm-hmm. don't tell people that secret. <laughs> our, uh, our goaltender. I don't know why he said this. He's like. We, we somehow someone started to tickle him. I don't know how it started, but he said, "Stop tickling me, or I'm going to pee myself." Oh boy! What do you think happened was, next? We tickled him until there literally was a puddle. Sorry. Oh. Yeah, don't tell people that. Like this was a, another rabbit trail. Wasn't this it? this was. I'm mm-hmm. sorry. That's okay. Yeah, it's great. I'm, I love I'm, it. I'm trying not to push this to four segments. But. Yeah, yeah, we can't. We okay. can't. We're already at thirty minutes. Well, I'm, I'm gonna... Okay, so how do we wrap this up here, Jeremy? We wrap this up. By saying there's clearly more to the story, but we've uh, we spent our time on it. I think, and if there's if there's an interest in me or anything that I can help anyone listening to with, the yeah. best way to do go to jeremyrochford.com or Google Jeremy Rochford National Wellness Academy. You're gonna you'll, find you. You'll find me. Mm, I want to watch your TED talk. That's my next thing. I'm yeah, I'll, I'll get you that. It's, yeah, I that's like very it. Good. That's very cool. It also gives you an idea of what what kind of energy and enthusiasm I bring to mm-hmm. uh, to the Prodigal Wasteline event. Yeah, I think it's brilliant. Well, Jeremy, we're gonna be praying for you because we need this. The church needs you. The church needs to laugh at themselves. The church needs to laugh at, at, at a little bit more. We need to not take ourselves too seriously. We need to understand that um, it's an act of worship that we're that we're doing. Our life. Is, is is meant to be an act of worship. But we can also laugh at ourselves in the middle of it. Because um, if you worship, you're taking the attention off of yourself anyway. you know, And you don't take yourself as seriously as you might if you didn't worship and do it for a greater purpose. Um, well, Jeremy, thank you yeah. for walking with me. 
this was great. I, I batched in my workout and multitask. multitask. Uh, I learned a lot. And uh, I'm going to apply a lot of these things. Dixie, I'm going to be buying Dixie Cups and Altoids very soon to fill up my schedule, fill up my, my, uh, my shopping cart. All right. That's it for us today on Courage Cast. Um, uh, you can connect with us at CourageousCommunity.com. Join the Facebook group there, and uh, we'll continue the conversation uh, there. That's the place to get involved. Well, thanks, Jeremy. Yeah, thanks for having me. Everybody, we'll talk to you soon. Make it a great one. Bye.